glory to hell. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Yes, it's Thursday night again as we record this, and tonight, for possibly the second time in a row, I think it is, we're running as a threesome here on your Friday morning listen, and part of that threesome is myself, Dave Pryor, and alongside me is Mr. Tom Bailey. How are you doing, Tom? I'm very good, thank you. Chilly and uh, slightly damp with the weather we've been having, but uh, otherwise rather good, thank you. Excellent, glad to hear it, and completing our threesome tonight of course apparently it's definitely not jürgen if you were listening on monday but it's rick hyatt how you doing rick good tag that's gonna help <laughs> <laughs> how are we dear you well oh yeah i've recovered i've had a couple of days of trauma therapy for the disgraceful things that the current manager of derby county said about me but i think i'm over it now not many people can say that, can they? That the current Derby County manager had this to say about me. Listening back to the pod, I don't think many people can lay claim to have threatened to smash his face in either on a podcast, which I, which I did at one point. I do apologise, Paul, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, have, have we all uh, recovered from, from Monday night? How, how are you feeling, Tom? <laughs> Just about. I'm, I'm not a man who is a fan of chaos, which is exactly what happened, but... Uh... It was a lovely speaking to Paul, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely was. And always welcome here on Football Bloody Hell. So from some chaos, we're going to try and bring some control. But this is our prediction pod. So anything is possible, as you guys well know. But we're going to start, as always, of course, with Yeovil Town. Because, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Because I believe it's Tunbridge Angels at the weekend. And yourself and Ian Welch will be... On the road again for Three Valleys Radio. You looking forward to this one? I am, yeah. I've uh, never been to Tunbridge. Much like many of the places we've been to this season, I've never been. I actually didn't watch their original game against us in August either. So this is going to be my first time watching them. I hear that they've got a fairly decent facility in their stadium, which would be quite nice. And they're rather prompt with their response about press passes as well, which always fills me with hope. Tunbridge of themselves though they've been in sort of up and down form so i think being optimistic yeovil could get back on top with well, i say back on top back in the winning streak with their visit on saturday i don't really see any other way around it to be honest i am unsure of michael smith's availability which does bring me some concern but um sleepless nights tom oh yeah sleepless nights if i'm if i'm sort of very quiet on saturday uh, you'll all know why. Tunbridge's last game, they beat Chippenham 2-0, which is, I mean, we couldn't beat Chippenham the first time round, so they've uh, done a decent job. AstroTurf pitch, which I'm not looking forward to, but um, I think it should be a decent game nonetheless. And uh, where are they at the moment? Played... Sniffing around the playoffs, I think they're only three three points off, is it? They are. They've, they've played more games than everyone in the league on 32, so they're kind of very mid-table, but I think they'll be happy with that. They've picked up wins when they've needed to. Um, but, you know, they've lost 1-0 at home to Worthing. There's no harm in that. Beat Dover, you know, so they're beating the teams they need to and they're losing to the teams you'd probably expect them to. That's just another game in the way, I suppose. You've just highlighted to me the fact that we have such an imbalance of uh, games played throughout the league. And I have to say, I don't like it because it feels like that there's never really a true reflection at any point. It's like, like a good old-fashioned first division table when you had three or four games to make up not like this game week nonsense that we have now uh, but at least with that being said rick that we're in a position where we're top looking down on it all yeah tom said we're top yes we're going to be top for a little while tom doesn't matter if the backside falls out of things for about a month still going to be top of the division and tunbridge might be the ideal sort of team to play to get things back on track again because you don't want someone who's seriously in and around Yeovil and you don't want somebody down the bottom because the expectation is there that you should just roll them over so a nice mid-table team you know might might be exactly what Yeovil need to get to get the show back on the road again I reckon Tombridge fans might be disappointed with you saying that they're a mid-table team many many people are disappointed with me I don't think that Tombridge fans are special you know everyone's disappointed in me at some Add, point added to your list of places across the country who are no longer welcome they are literally 11th they are they are as mid-table as you can come without being 12th so he's accurate if nothing and that is what we always are and try to be on this very podcast it's a fact-based 
podcast, I think you'll find there's no, there's no outrageous opinions ever aired on the on this podcast. It's it's, it's rooted in the truth. You will find no nonsense here. Absolutely no. It's straight facts and hard journalistic integrity from you two. Talking yeah. of which, when we were talking about Michael Smith to Paul Warren, who, who joined us on Monday, I was starting to get a little bit worried the more that we were bigging him up. And then he said that he admitted that he was Googling him and looking at his stats. I was thinking, <laughs> doing his scouting for him. Ho- hopefully we don't lose him anytime yeah. soon. If they want a bit of experience at the back. Could happen. You get a credit for that. Do you get a commission if he does? Other than the fact that Tom Tom will never ever talk to you again. If you if you yeah. drive Michael Smith out of Yeovil Town, you commission lost and him. also the fact that I've only just rejoined Twitter. I think I'd have to leave again very very quickly and, and not look at the hashtag YTFC and move. Tom knows where you live. You'd have to move. It's, it's not worth it's it. It's simple. I would just move to Derby. <laughs> You're that transient. As long as I'm within his aura, that's all that matters. That's all I need to just keep me going now. Now, now I've had a taste of the of the aura. That's all I need. So, in terms of the actual game itself, we'll move away from the loving for Michael Smith. Just the for taste a bit. of Michael we'll, Smith. We'll talk about some other players, shall we? Let's talk about some other players. Are we in a strong position, Tom, personnel wise? Because we know that we've got injuries at the top. They're going to be long term ones. Is there anywhere else on the pitch that you're particularly concerned about going in into this one? Because you know, we've touched on the fact that it's a team that are in mid-table, but it's another away game and it's just you don't want to get too unstuck uh, with the result, obviously, last weekend as well. So there's a little bit of pressure on Yeovil this time around. Yeah, there is. I mentioned on the Glover's cast on Sunday, actually, that we had a, a question very similar to this. Um, and I mentioned the, the two positions that I, I make would... my own questions. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening again, prior. <laughs> I was a right back purely for cover for Michael Smith because otherwise we've got Matt Worthington or Morgan Williams and I don't really want to break up that partnership with uh, with Jake Ronnell. And centre mid is sort of a luxury depth option, I guess, because we've got ours, we've got Worthington, we've got Low Everton. If Worthington's covering it right back, that takes us down to three. Cooper's now injured, we don't know how long, four, so that brings yeah. us down to two. All of a sudden we're looking a bit thin in the midfield and perhaps striker because... Uh, Ollie Thomas and Frank Newblay are our only options currently. And Alex Fisher, they are our only options at the moment. Uh, somewhat a lack of mobility in that front sort of striking options. So I think if I had to pick anyone, just a, a pacey striker. George Alexander was one I was really hoping we'd pick up. He recently left Bromley, but he's now gone to Chelmsford. So that sort of mould of striker, Reese Murphy saw Fox in the box, a bit pacey, a bit tricky. I'd sort of look for something like that. But I mean, who am I to say? What we're, what we're meant to do. I mean, we're 10 points clear at the top for a reason. So I trust what Mark Cooper's doing and I'm sure he'll get whatever he needs in if he needs it. So you see this as quite a perfect opportunity, Rick, to sort of get back on the saddle, as it were. Yeah, I think so. Just just one thing, going by what you've, you've just been saying. When you say that you've done your research for the pod, does that mean that you've just listened to Glover's cast and you just nicked their bits? I gather all the information around me in order to make my own conclusions and then come up with a set it's just purely a coincidence is it yeah i think i think tunbridge like i said before i think it's the ideal fixture what you don't want to do is get to the point where you you start to lose momentum because you get successive disappointing results in a row it's, it's all about getting another little run going and then get through this win win the next three or four games and then all of a sudden it is done and dusted and you're counting down to possible celebrations and ribbons being put on trophies and things that we don't talk about. Well, one thing you didn't do, Rick, you didn't mention about momentum and then at least people couldn't say that our answers are the same every single week, let alone the questions. Yeah, it is about momentum, isn't it? (laughs) It is, it is, you're absolutely right. And Clichés are only clichés because they're true. Exactly, and we're only able to go through the same answers, the same questions every single week is because we're doing so bloody well. So Yeah, I don't want to have to think of new answers because yeah. the scenario's changed. I'm quite happy winning every week. You could say it's football bloody well. With the real Dave Pryor, please yeah. stand up. You've been on this podcast too long now, Tom, haven't you? Tom, you? your lips were moving, but Dave's voice was coming out. It's like the, the <laughs> scariest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I was just thinking, if I was to say that, I think you would frown upon it. But because it, because you said it, it's okay. 
if I do this anywhere else, it's it's frowned upon. So this is my free space to take advantage of this. I'm now. just annoyed that I didn't think of it first. Time <laughs> That's what it is. That's the only thing you're just hacked off that you got there first. Because maybe we're rubbing off in each other. And as Rick says, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not always a <laughs> steady, a petty individual. But, you know, I've been doing podcasting with Rick for quite a number of years now. And I find myself being a very petty individual. It's a skill. So you've kind of given yourself some thinking time there. So uh, Tom Bailey, you're going to be there for Three Valleys Radio with stadium announcer Ian Welch for that one. Before I do ask you your prediction, it is worth just saying, particularly on the road, we know that we're still having a few issues with our uh, internet connection. Um, obviously relying on the 4G signals and, you know, it's, it's it's not just been Three Valleys Radio this season. You know, the BBC have also had issues in particular games where they've been and around the grounds, the overdrifts are not used to being at this level, haven't since the 90s. So it's still very much caveated, Tom, isn't it? But hopefully all will be all okay at the weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed. You, you may or may not hear us talking about Yeovil and uh, all things victory, is what I think will happen. I think we're going to get a 2-0 win. I just have a good feeling. Not sure why. Good feeling for you, Rick Hyatt? Just a thought, before I give you my good feeling... Should the signal drop out and people don't want to listen to the marvellous music selection that's on Three Valleys, Tom will give out his phone number and everyone can just be involved in a big WhatsApp call instead of having to tune in. Just just Tom will give everyone a ring and it'll be sorted. Do you know what? Tom's face then almost looked like, that's a bloody good idea, actually. <laughs> working at, working out how <laughs> the logistics involved in that. It could actually work. Does that mean everybody would be able to voice their opinions the other way, though? So you'd, over the commentary, you'd hear everyone's opinion on what they can hear. Yeah, that's, there is a downside. Just AD Hopper voice. going, are you still on? Yes. <laughs> What's the score? <laughs> the score will be... Tunbridge Angels, one goal. Yeovaltown, a brace of goals. And the smile for me, listener, means that, not that you can see it, but it means that I again agree with Mr. Rick Hyatt. You see, uh, you are turning into me. You've been doing this yeah. too long. One, two to the Glovers, or Gloves, if you will. And hopefully that will be another promising weekend for Yeovaltown. Tom, given Dave's fondness, of a, of a one-two scoreline. You know how two-two is a Desmond? Yeah. He's soon going to be calling that a testing. A testing for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your prediction? Oh. oh, I think this one will be a testing. The worrying thing is we know exactly what he means and how his brain yeah. works. And the listeners will now, because everyone knows that Tom has now made a Des, a one-one. So I think maybe <laughs> we're going to have to God. start thinking of ones for every scoreline. And then come <laughs> the end of the season, people will be going, right, so... So Dave predicted a monkey, whatever that means. Yeah. We can do a scores prediction pod without actually using any numbers. <laughs> God, no. We'll send out like a glossary. Yeah. It'd be awful. Before we move on from National League South teams, there is obviously some news about Truro and Taunton now yes. having a, a little ground share. Of course, this has started incredibly well. As we all expected, uh, 17 minutes ago, Truro City have tweeted out that there will be an 8am pitch inspection at Wordworth Drive ahead of their game on Saturday against Eastbourne Borough, which I can confirm is not going to go ahead because their pitch is absolutely shagged from what we saw on Tuesday night. So just thought we'd update you on that. We may that or may a, not That is exactly the type of cutting edge reporting you can hear from Three Valleys Radio at the yeah. weekend. The pitch, pitch is, is absolutely shagged. <laughs> but Obviously, you know, get the circumstances of why they've agreed to do this. But the logistics of it, Rick, it's just going to be more and more games being pushed back, isn't it? That's the reality of the situation. Yeah, because if you're doubling up on all your fixes there and whatever, yeah, the season's going to end up in in July sometime, just in time to turn around and, and start doing it all over again. But it won't concern you overall because I believe there's potential. They may be playing in a different division next season. There's also a shout. We may break another record this season. Now we have this news of Truro being uprooted to Taunton. The only team to the... start the season and finish the season in the same stadium. <laughs> That's a good shout. It's the highest away attendance where uh, they have a, what, a capacity of 3,000, don't they? Truro only took 52 to their quote-unquote home game against Torquay United on New Year's Day. And in that sort of circumstance... 
Torquay took 2,760 away fans to their own stadium. Now, if Taunton's got a capacity of 3,000, and if this is like a Tuesday night fixture, there's potential that Yeovil could just absolutely bombard Taunton and beat another record, a highest away attendance. Why not? And if we really wanted to, we could go for a lowest home attendance as well. Final day, because we've already won it. Everyone's packed up. Just have two people turn up. Why not? Another record, if you will. But if you are travelling as an away supporter of Yeovil Town, behave yourselves. Yes, That's please all I'll do. say on the matter. Unsavoury scenes, which I will be laughed at for saying, but uh, unsavoury scenes at Maidstone United. Please uh, behave yourselves on your travels, as Rick has just said. Please. Don't think there's much more to add to that. You've been warned, listener. Advised. Advised, sorry, yes. Not, voices not, not have... quite so sinister. Yeah, there are no the consequences vo- The voices whatsoever. of reason. It's worth noting that we can't actually enforce anything, but we can no. merely, merely suggest. Boys, elsewhere this weekend, uh, this weekend, this week even, was FA Cup replays. Everybody's favourite. And uh, on Tuesday, there was the three matches with Coventry City coming out 4-1 winners, which sets up a tie against Maidstone. Leeds United going down to Plymouth in a rain-soaked Plymouth. Uh, 4-1. Again, 4-1. This time, three goals coming in extra time. 3-0 Southampton over Watford, setting up a tie at Anfield. But the stories of the midweek action kind of happened on Wednesday, where Forest and Bristol City were taken to penalties, and Forest have set up a tie against Manchester United. And Chelsea, we've said it many a time. Rick, are they just about the most confusing club in the Premier League or possibly even in the whole of England right now? Because where did that accomplish 3-1 win over Aston Villa come from based on what we've seen so far? Madness. With a worldie of a free kick from one to a star, Fernandes. Curious celebration. But yeah, Chelsea are just as mad as a box of frogs, aren't they? Who, who knows what's going to happen? Hilarious and disappointing in equal quantities so uh, yeah i don't know what to make of them so i look forward to hearing you all say later in the predictions that they will lose at the weekend yeah they're probably <laughs> but keep you on tenterhooks for that one that's coming up later david <laughs> unlucky for bristol city though obviously they uh knocked out west ham didn't they earlier in the round so to take forest all the way to penalties obviously being the replay as well following the draw at ashton gate they can be proud but also disappointed they didn't quite get over well, the line for a isn't it? I mean, glamour they, tie against United. They could be proud of what they've done, but they must be uh, frustrated at the fact they've got so close. But no, no big payday for you chaps, sorry. Forrest played a pretty strong lineup. I'm just looking at as well. Near full lineup, to be honest. A couple of changes, sure. But I think I've liked that in the past couple of years. Teams have taken the FA Cup seriously. It's rare you see a fully rotated lineup anymore, well, which is quite nice. Strong. Against against Chelsea, Chelsea yeah, obviously had a, a, yeah. a strong side out. So yeah, you're right. I think yeah. the team is fight. The penny has finally dropped with these teams. That if you're in that mid-table hinterland where you're not going to qualify for Europe and you're not in a relegation fight, that you might as well give the FA Cup and the, the Mickey Mouse Cup a, a damn good going. To. Even even your your bigger teams like Manchester United playing against Newport, that was a pretty full lineup then as well and that was a way to a league two outfit nice. liverpool did the same against norwich not quite the same sure but seeing full lineups is really nice again like you used to see like youth lineups even if it was premier league versus premier league you get essentially academy teams coming up yeah. so it's, it's nice to see that teams especially the big teams as well are taking it seriously sure it means boring winners because we kind of expect the bigger teams to do better but it's getting the the respect it deserves, and also that means it's better for the supporters of the smaller clubs. You know, they get to see the big stars in inverted commas. They don't get all cross like they're getting with uh, Lionel Messi at the moment, not playing on the uh, Inter Miami tour. Yes, that seems to be kicking off. Should we say two hundred dollars a ticket, and then Messi's not playing? You can understand them being a little bit frustrated. I think he played for the last 30 minutes against Cody. Didn't take a penalty, though, right? in the pointless yes. penalty shootout, which is a bit weird. Out of six penalties yeah. to be taken for his team? Yeah, very unusual. But what this does do, the FA Cup fixtures falling as they have, is it sets up Chelsea to take on Leeds United, which has always been a tasty fixture down the years. And now Chelsea have got this big win. Leeds, are, you know, they're doing really well this season under Daniel Farker. I mean, that's not necessarily going to be a foregone conclusion, that, Rick. I'm quite intrigued to hear Tom's take on, on this because of the classic 
battles between Chelsea and Leeds in the 1970s. Yes, those those well-documented battles that I was alive for. In an era known as proper football. <laughs> proper. It was proper football. Absolutely the worst pitches in the world and players all with long sleeve shirts on punching the living daylights out of each other. Proper football. Nothing like now, is it, Rick, eh? Nothing no, like it is now. Game's gone. Game's gone. Back in my day. We're going to go across the continent now because we're going to go to AFCON. And Tom, I hope you're ready for this one as our AFCON correspondent, because if you don't want that title, you're getting it. Because it was semi-final week this week. And boy, did we get drama. Did you see any of it? Hoping very much that he has, or at least seen the results. I have been watching from a distance. but Because it's in Africa. Because it's in Africa, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been paying attention through FortMob and uh, just interesting to see how it's all been going down. Very funny to see the Ivory Coast sacked their manager, and they've now made the final of AFCON, which will be interesting. It's a They're sort of final, doing actually. an Argentina, aren't they? Other than taking it one step further by actually sacking their manager after the group stage. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's, it's been really quite impressive. They've essentially taken the Portugal route from Euro 2016, where they've just basically scraped past everybody, uh, and it was no different um, against the Democratic Republic of Congo. Doctor Congo. Congo. DR Congo, yeah, the uh, the 1-0 win, really uh, not not looking good for them, but they made it to the final. Sebastian Pelé is looking somewhat informed. They're taking on Nigeria, who've uh, been doing very well. They beat South Africa on penalties, so good. it'll be a interesting showdown between them. A much stronger final than you could say for the Asian Cup. I'm just throwing it sideways very quickly, where two times in a row I've got it completely wrong. And it is, in fact, Jordan versus Qatar, not what I incorrectly predicted of South Korea versus Iran. You got that so, as wrong as it's possible to get it. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, South Korea versus Iran. Jordan won. Oh, it's fine. Clears Did the path I see for that Iran. South Korea haven't actually won it since like the 60s or something? They've actually it's won it it's quite like a bad record in this. Yeah, they seem to always get knocked out in just... They either have a really tricky opponent or they just, well, slip up. They uh, they, they seem to have a bad record. It, I think Iran have won more than South Korea in uh, the Asian Cup. I think even China have won more than South Korea. I could be wrong. Because it's Jordan's first major final. And I didn't realise Qatar were the holders. Because the way that Qatar were being talked about in the World Cup was as if this team has just been pulled together from nowhere, got no real experience or play together or anything like that but it turns out they've actually dominated asia for a little bit of time so thought that narrative was quite interesting playing the underdog card south korea have not won since 1960 yeah i got that really wrong yeah they won the first two and they've not won it since since then i mean it seems like israel and q8 have won it maybe that's why jay lings has gone over to raise the profile raising the profile yeah it's going to be two good interesting finals i reckon nigeria will win the afcom and i think jordan will surprise everybody and get a win why not romanticize it jordan will surprise everybody there's a headline we've seen before rick Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Do you want to ask no me about comment. AFCON? Yeah. How have you found this week? Are Don't you care. bitter about Don't South care. Africa? Don't care. AFCON can get stuff. And do you want to just clarify to the listener why that is? Because on Saturday evening, South Africa won the spawniest penalty shootout of the lowest quality ever seen in any competition ever and knocked out my mighty heroes from Cape Verde. So you're it. still going to continue to holiday there then? If they'll have me. Two wadding penalties. Incredible, isn't it? If Bebe can play, so can I. Four penalty saves in a penalty shooter is just mad. But when the best players in both teams are the goalkeepers, it's sort of to be expected, I suppose. But um, that's that's my opinion. I don't care. It's yours, mate. Have it. Thanks. As Paul Warren, I think, said on Monday, it's my opinion, and it's my opinion, and that's what I'm going to think. But fair enough. Okay. Yeah, but who cares what Paul Warren thinks? Terrible judge. (laughs) Evening, Paul. We're going to stay on the international scene for just one more moment as long as it is just one moment david yeah well i'm already you haven't even introed it and i'm already bored it's about an hour and a half ago i think it was go on the the highly hotly anticipated nation's league draw took place and uh, england have found out who they're going to be playing because i don't know if you anyone remembers but england actually got relegated last time around 
Uh, and they have been paired with Finland, the Republic of Ireland, and Greece. Tom Bailey, your immediate reaction. Wow. that That's that's one of the draws of all time, that, isn't it? Republic <laughs> of Ireland, uh, all right. That will be a good game, though, won't it? For the fans? Uh, no? Nothing at all? No, because Scotland are at least kind of good, whereas Republic of Ireland are uh, extremely average. Finland have about two good players, and one of them is not even good anymore. And Greece... Are we talking about Timu Puki? <laughs> yes, and the other <laughs> one is Lucas Vadecki, and he's a goalkeeper, so that kind of says everything you need to know. And uh, Greece are... Greece. They they've improved. Not... They've improved, the point. but... That's not like they've come from good to improve. They've been really, really bad as over the past few years. So if England do not win six out of six, I think it's an absolutely shambolic campaign, to be honest, because I think they're a pretty crap group. Looking forward to seeing Jordan Henderson captaining England in the away game against Finland. <laughs> There's a momentous occasion for him. Well, there is an ex- an explosive group in, in Group A because Israel have been paired with Italy, Belgium and France. Oh, now that's good. Yeah, give me more of that, please. Group now B- we're talking the... Dave Pryor. I like I've... this Nations League. I've not seen this full draw, actually. I've literally only seen what BBC have said about the home nations. So I've not seen the full thing. I was relying on some uh, researchers that I employed. Let's call it employed. And well, the other message... Again. That I got accompanying it was Scotland were League A but avoided a horror group without going into who they actually played. <laughs> they got Croatia, Portugal, and Poland. So that's actually a. Hmm. They'll come third. They should come third. If they don't come, if they come higher, that's seriously impressive. It'll be um, between them and, and Croatia. And because we've had qualifications for the World Cup since obviously we last played in it, is everybody still feeling the same? Which is every time this comes around, what are the rules again? Is this the one that you can qualify? Can't qualify? Get relegated? This is get for the, Which one is it? This is for... <laughs> Every time. It's usually for the Euros, but because it's for the World Cup, this might help, but it might also not. But also because there's more teams, we might use this as a qualification thing. Basically, just win the games and see what happens. Tom, could you I be think. a bit more indecisive and unhelpful with your analysis of that, please? <laughs> yeah. I feel you were you know too informative. Do? do you know what I do? I'll move on. Because, Rick, you don't want to talk about it anyway, so it's fine. So let's just park that and worry about it when it comes around and we have to do a Nations League special halfway through next year when there's nothing else to talk about. So look forward to that one, listener. Mark your cards. Wait, sorry, Rick. You're not looking forward to the Group B1 of Czech Republic, Ukraine, Albania and Georgia. Like you wouldn't believe. You football pervert, Rick. Heavyweights. It's so nearly time for predictions. But boys, it was also announced today that football is looking at introducing the blue card. So first of all, my initial reaction was I thought everything was leaning towards us being orange because it's all been all about those in-betweeny decisions that are seen as not quite aggressive enough to be a red card, but still more than a yellow. And people have sort of said tongue-in-cheek about an orange card for quite some time. But it looks like, Tom, they're going to go ahead and trial it blue, which has come out of nowhere. And looks like it is something that's going to be a feasible option in the non-too-distant future. What do you make of this? I don't think it's going to happen. They'll trial it. I don't think it's going to work, to be honest. Is that solely because it's an absolutely stupid and stinky idea? The idea makes sense, but trying to make it work in football is not going to work. And can then VAR overturn it and go, actually, it's not a blue, it's only a yellow, or you're then adding another kind of step to have to think about and possibly overcome overturn etc yeah it's it's a lot and again i think if it was simpler anyway to be fair maybe if it wasn't var i'd be more on board with it but i just don't really see the point because there isn't one no well that but also it works in it simbins work in rugby because the, the players respect the referees so rugby players can go and calm down and sort of chill themselves out, have a timeout, and then come back, and it's usually fine again. Football players don't do that because you've got silly people that go throwing themselves on the floor and everything like that. There's such a fine margin, there's so such high stakes that people will do anything to get any tiny advantage they can, which means sending someone off for 10 minutes means they're just going to come back on and 
just get a revenge tackle and get themselves sent off anyway. I was going to say, do you know who's really looking forward to this? Anthony. Rodri. Oh, yeah, he will. Professional foul, 10 minutes off. Get a 10-minute breather, come back on. But it it must have to carry over to say that, okay, you've had, I don't know, five blues and and so therefore you have to miss a half. No, I don't know. (laughs) But that's kind of, it has to have some sort of long-lasting effect because like you say otherwise you're just going to be doing like <laughs> uh, depending on where you are in the game and how you know how also, many goals up you are you'll be like well i'll take that foul because i'm going to only sit out for 10 minutes but yeah. we're 4-0 up anyway and i'm not going to get suspended do you remember how the golden goal was supposed to make extra time really exciting because you knew if you scored you you'd win but it had the opposite effect because people just sat back and defended because the fear yeah. of losing what you get is the team that go down to 10 because someone's in the sin bin will put everybody behind the ball for 10 minutes. It, it hasn't even been passed beyond a headline state and already it's falling to pieces. It'll never happen. I thought you were going to say it's no more than a headline and already Dave Price bringing it to the agenda right <laughs> here on this podcast. No, you are there at the cutting edge, Dave. You've dismissed this when everyone's still talking about it. Nah, football bloody hell. We've dealt with that. Yeah. Dealt with it. I refer you Dull to the, uh, the podcast of the 9th of February 2024, and I think you'll find we went into this in some depth. Put your sin bin in the bin. There's your headline. Hi, Fab, if you're listening. Which they probably do. If they've got any sense, they will. Oh, yeah. They're not got time to listen to this. They could learn a thing or two if they did. Are you ready, boys? Rick, it's time. No yes. more stories. It's all about the hard-hitting predictions of the weekend. And Get we've got your pools quite... coupons ready, people. <laughs> You've got quite a bumper Saturday with two, four, six, seven games. Mark your card. Seven games on Saturday with a 12.30 kickoff. It's Everton again, this time at the Etihad. Tom Bailey, give us your opening offer, please. This is the Tom hates everything about this game, Derby, because I don't want either team. I, can I just, can both teams have no points? This is what is I went possible? through last Sunday, mate. You, it's your turn now. Deal <laughs> to with kick this off one. the weekend as well. Because I'm going to be forced to say I want Everton to do well for once, which I, I don't want them to do. For a while, I was like, cool, they're actually doing all right. Sure, I respect it. But no, it's just funny to watch. They ain't got a hope in our ear, Tom. <laughs> no, they don't. This is, uh, this is serious damage limitation. I don't want to show my hand too early on this while Tom's still pondering, but this, this is damage limitation. Jordan Pickford's going to have a sore back. I was actually, you know what? No, I was going to say a 2-0. I thought Everton were going to be somewhat resilient and they got a 2-2 draw against um, Spurs last time out. So there's life in there somewhere, but no, 4-1 City. I'd like to be a fly in the boardroom where the Manchester City directors are talking to the Everton directors and just going, what can we do differently to avoid a ban? <laughs> well, it didn't work for you guys, so tell us what happened and then uh, and then we'll just take that on our merry way. Thank you very much. Rick, any advance on four? I'll take your four and I will remove the Toffee's contribution to this fixture and the Camel Botherers will run out by four four goals to zero goals and Bernardo Silva will score goals because I've removed him from my fantasy team so everyone's saying whether it's going to be De Bruyne, Foden or Haaland that scores loads of points. The very fact that I've I've dropped Bernardo from my team means that he's probably going to get a hat-trick or something. It's a difficult fantasy football player isn't he Bernardo because he's such a good player for City mm. but he's the one player where Pep will go nah not going to pay you today. But he might play him at left back or something he's yeah. done that before. I think kind of smells of 3-1-y, something like that. I'm sure I heard a stat in midweek match of the day that City haven't kept a clean sheet in 12 games or something. One in 12, something like that. But also, also, this is the start. Everyone's saying, you know, oh, this is the time of the season when Manchester City really get their title-winning campaign off and they've got a run of fixtures. And this is the first one of them. Um, Yeah, yeah. 3-1 to the home side. And who shall not o'clock. be named? <laughs> Fulham, Bournemouth, Tom Bailey. This to me has the feeling of goals, goals, goals here, and possibly even more. I'm not so sure. Three, three. 
You, is that your I, prediction? Early doors. I think it you, could, quite, early. could quite easily three, be three. something like that. 4-4 four, four last week, so why not? That's true. That is very true. Last week, by the way, cool stat was that it was the most goals in any Premier League game week. It ever. was. I saw 46, was it? It was something like that. It felt like every goals. game had at least two. Goals. Yeah. Goals, baby. They're going to really score. <laughs> yeah, they will. Everyone really scored at the weekend. Yeah, they did a good job. I think it's going to be a Bournemouth win. By one you've goal you've changed, Tom <laughs> Bailey. You've changed. I have. It's, it's also that I don't rate Fulham. I don't think they're very good. They're good enough to be like, well, exactly where they are, 13th, 14th. But that's about it. I don't really think they're, they're all that. We were talking about the prediction table the other week, saying about how Rick's probably got Liverpool at the bottom of the table. Well, I think I might have Fulham at about third. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That goal difference is like amazing, according to my table. Yeah. But no, 3-3. Three, three. Tom, I'm gonna, come on. Tom, I'm going to go 2-1 to Bournemouth. Ooh. Oh, he's gone, a, he's gone a testing. He's gone a testing. Testing. Now it's a 1-2. It's a what's, mistake. Rick? I'm still trying to work out what Tom said. I think... Testing backwards. I think that that will be the... Correct score for AFC Bournemouth, but Fulham. I'm going Desmond. Oh, yes, Rick. I like it. I'm taking you Desmond, and I'm just going to raise you like you raised my Desmond. But yeah, Fulham. Fulham had that little period where they were scoring five goals at home all the time. I think they might have a goal. I don't know though. I can I, just, I'm going to stick with Desmond. Can I jump in <laughs> to like for a spanner in the words? Is that oh. Raúl Jiménez is injured? Harry Wilson is injured. This is my. This is what I suddenly realised halfway through. Once I'd already said Desmond, then I realised the flaw <laughs> in that. And Alex Awobi is still away with Nigeria on international duty. Armando Broya. Wow, that's six and, goals a season. And they're all going to come at the weekend. Wow. Be a penalty. You wait, boys. You you just wait, and I will refer you to this chat I've... when his name appears on the video printer given, at any point the, in the afternoon. Given the new information that I just had, I'd predict 1-0 Bournemouth. I withdraw my Desmond. I influence. Tom Bailey, influencer. Okay, we're going to move straight on then to Rick's favourite. We're going to Anfield, where the Anfield road end is going to be fully open at the weekend. So a bumper crowd for the Scousers at home to Vinnie Company's Burnley. Tom Bailey, any advance on four? I'm always going first. Yes, Rick first. Would you like to go, Rick? Uh, would you like to go, Rick first? Would you like to go first, Rick? Would you like to make a prediction on the prediction, Dave? I think it will be along the lines of what my predict. What do you think? My Liverpool nil, will be? Burnley one. Oh, you fit the <laughs> nail on the head. This is where plucky Burnley, their fight against relegation, really kicks into gear, and they score an 89th minute winner. I don't even know any of their centre-backs that I can name you. You won't go, need to. they're going to score a header. As long as they defend a little bit better than the... Uh, we're meant to talk about this on, on other pods, but we got distracted by chip shots and such like. What <laughs> happened to the best central defender that the Premier League has ever seen, ever? What happened to him on Sunday, eh? If he plays like that again, I might have to double it and make it a 2-0 victory to the, Bour- the Bournemouth, the Burnleys. You've started me and Tom now, haven't you? You've started me and Tom. Because like now I've just alluded to the fact that I've come back to Twitter. It uh, just makes me laugh and annoying all is, at the same time. Where um, even, like, laugh he, oh Tom, Tom, let me let me say this because I think Sorry, you're he's on one, Tom. Him. He's on it's, one. Sit back. Mate. Talk about Van Dyke and um, Man United fans will come out out of nowhere and say, "See, he's no Vidic." He's no, not. I mean, like, no, no one, no one brought him into the conversation. You don't didn't have, ask. You don't have to compare him <laughs> yeah. to do everything. Know, do, you know, do you know why that happens? That happens because Nemanja Vidić is the most disrespected centre back in Premier League history. He's probably the best centre back that there's been. He made the Premier League only one. He's made it more times than uh, the Premier League team of the season than any other centre back in the history of the Premier League. He's also been the players' player, which no other centre back has done, and yet he's continually left off these lists for players that aren't as good. That's why United fans particularly get defensive about Vidic, is the fact he's so disrespected. But you carry on. You want to talk I, about I just hate Disney. comparisons, generally. Like I, I never think that you can compare... I know it's not 
it's, it's a little bit different with with Vidic because it's not exactly different eras. But you see things all the time, like it's just if they're not better than him, or I don't care if my team's playing well, my players playing well. Yeah. I'll say they're playing well, I, it, and then someone will pipe up and say, "Oh, they're not as good as so and so." But so what? The How does is, that matter now? The thing is, Dave, it doesn't matter. Calm down. The thing is, it was very funny. You two can take it. And from that now. was the point you were trying to make. Oh, I laughed and laughed and laughed. Uh, I'm okay. We can't even make any sort of jabs back at United because A, everything's already been said and B, we just look bad because we're punching down on the little team. So it doesn't work. We we, we look like the bad guys when it, it's not that. We're just kind of reminding you. When this, of... when this pod is over, Tom, I'd like to know your definition of punching down on the little team. If if you if you've got half an hour or so to spare, where you can define Manchester United six European team. cups, baby. <laughs> See, here we go. Now we're going to go round with the like. <laughs> this ends. Let's, badly. let's go back to predictions. This ends. Badly. Let's go let's back. Talk, let's let's go back talk to about the weekend and Burnley. Go. It's probably my fault. This is going to be a really grim game to sit through. I am going to say it's two nil to Liverpool. Now it sounds like I'm being somewhat pessimistic, but. These games where you would expect Liverpool to absolutely trounce them, it just doesn't happen ever. Even I, I wouldn't say a, ever. Well, even the Fulham game, I'll say they're like, "Well, that's a three 0 That's just obvious." And then we had to score two minutes, two, two goals in three minutes to come from behind in the final few minutes. Like we scraped a win against Fulham, who is well, everyone was listening five ten minutes ago. I hope they're rubbish it, by Premier League standard, at least. So. We're missing. Oh, according to my table, then. <laughs> according, oh, yeah, unless you're Dave Fryer. Thiago is injured again. His hamstrings are made of Vaseline. Mo Salah is still injured, unfortunately. We're still missing Dominic Schumacher. Nobody Schreis seems well. to be saying any more about when he's back, Tom, which is slightly concerning. Well, Fulham have gone down for mid-February, which means it's probably about a week or so. But I wouldn't want to throw him in at the deep end. I'd be happy for him to come back end of February, even start of March. I want to make sure he's actually working before we use him again. I'm going to go 2-0. Burnley won't win, but they'll give it a good go and make it tricky for us. Oh, and Canate suspended as well, so we'll see Kwanzaa at the back with um, Van Aura. So just to be clear, Rick, it's 0-1, yes? Yes, 0-1. Okay. I will say 3-0 and we'll move on very, very quickly. Obviously to the home side. Luton, Sheffield United. This could be an opportunity for Luton to really stamp their we're going to survive mode this season, mightn't it? I mean, Sheffield United, whilst I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, there's improvement there, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough, particularly with the form that Luton are on, Rick. No, what would have been seen as being a real relegation dogfight, I think everybody bar Sheffield United expects Luton Town to uh, to come out on top of this one and, and fair play to them for it. It, it will be a real sickener if they weren't to win this one. With uh, It's well, quite that, a key fixture well, for that's them. A new, weekend, that's a new it? thing they've got to deal with now. There's an expectation that they're, they're going to win. It's not just a, a plucky dogfight against a relegation candidate. People are expecting Luton to win this one now and I believe that they will by two goals to zero goals. Tom Bailey, any advance on that? I think Luton did win at Sheffield United over Christmas, didn't they? I think so. Looking to do the double. That is a good question. They. I have three two in my head, though. I might be talking absolute. Uh, Yes, I think there were two own goals that came from behind, didn't they? Yes, that's correct. I went to look at my prediction thing. I was like, none of these are right at all. This is what I thought. Um, I. I'm going to agree with the gap that Rick has said. However, I think there will be more goals. I'm going to go Luton 3, Sheffield United 1. I'm going to go fucky Luton again. 1-0 win is what I think is going to happen. Sheffield United will be stodgy, Tom, but Luton will have enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's about right. I just really like Luton. I like little teams I agree. generally. When they came up, I was like, that I don't know how I feel so about this. It is, it is really Love little teams. But but at the same time, not all little teams, stadium. Dave. Not all little teams. He's quite offensive about some <laughs> little teams. The stadium is a thousand seats bigger than Yeovil's, and Yeovil, let's be honest, are a pretty little team. We're well, we're not pretty. We're just a little team. But we're a pretty little team. We're we're just we're we're a little team, and it's the same for Bournemouth. Except I, I'm not as keen on Bournemouth. But any kind of underdog. You say that though, Tom, but did you think that about Bournemouth when they first went up and then after first the went years up. went by, you went, actually, I hate yeah, you. And is that but... just going to happen to Luton in four years' time? <laughs> I think it depends on 
if they're managed by Iriola or not. Yeah, it kind of works. They've got a young progressive manager and they're like, okay, we're going to do this properly. And they are doing it properly. They're, they're managing the club how they should. Whereas Bournemouth were like, we're a Premier League club now. We're going to spend like a Premier League club. They've come up with their, they, I think that when they came up, they had a Russian billionaire as their majority mm-hmm. owner. They had money. They're an underdog, kind of. Whereas Luton is a, a true underdog story. I know what you mean. Bournemouth are an underdog by name, but not necessarily their backing. Yeah. And, even their story's kind of there with the, the whole administration thing, saving themselves on the final day, lead to all that stuff. Luton have had an even more incredible story and they've not had to buy their way through it. They haven't had Callum Wilson to come through their team. They've not had these junior Stanislauses, etc. Adam Cooks, Steve Cooks. They've had Adebayo, who's six foot four and built like, well, built like a unit. They're doing it ugly and I like it. Sorry, Grant's over. So um, I think we all went for, for home wins there, didn't we? Just in, cl- in conclusion, Tottenham Brighton, Tom, I'll stay with you. Has this got goals on it for you? Because I think that it might, but I think they might all be for the home side. Oh, this is going to be a cracker. This is first of the match of the day, right? I'm going to go in quickly and say 4-1 to Spurs. Ooh, this is like classics territory now, I think. Because Ooh. Brighton, are, they're showing signs of life. And they play well against Spurs. Two very, very open teams. And Brighton play well against open teams. Spurs struggle a bit. Good money on a nil-nil, I would imagine. Yeah. For that reason, no. No, <laughs> no I am going to go Spurs 4, Brighton 3. Absolute <laughs> Premier League classic. Rick's at the just, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Classic Barclays, that. Rick's just fallen out of his camera shot. That's We're going to have a 3-3 and a 4-3 this weekend. That's going on my VHS cassette recording highlights of the season, that one then. <laughs> Richarlison is on form. He is. And Yel Pedro's doing well with his penalties. And Matoma's back. Somewhere in between then, Rick? This will be a Desmond. The Tottenham Hotspurs will again take the lead, but the hipster choice will be plucky in a similar vein to Burnley and it, it will be effective for them and it will be a Desmond. Everyone can listen in on Monday when we talk about Brighton beating Spurs 1-0. All the nil-nil drabbest draws yeah. there's ever been in <laughs> Premier League history. Or we'll talk about something else and not even talk about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Maybe that will also happen. Well, if Adrian's on, we could be talking about bloody anything, <laughs> to be honest. Well, we'll be talking about Wolves getting another handsome win this time at home to Brentford. Uh, it was announced today, I say announced, I think Thomas Frank was talking in his press conference and was pretty much having an open conversation saying, yeah, it probably is quite likely that we're going to lose Tony in the summer. And I think kind of caught the um, press off guard with just how casual and nonchalant he was when he was talking about it. It was like, did he just announce that Tony was going to leave just then? Because he was very like, conversational about it, but they're having a bit of a difficult run, aren't they? And Wolves are having a wonderful season under Gary. So who shall I go to first? Rick, I'm going to come to you. Is Gary O'Neill going to continue the good feeling here? Yes. By uh, three goals to one goal. Wolves have played very well. They're my favourite team in Tangerine in the Premier League. And I think that Gary O'Neill is doing a really good job. And the thing with Brentford is the reason that Thomas Frank is able to say that because they probably catered for Tony leaving months ago. They already yeah. know who they're getting in. They're such a well-run club that it's not going to catch him by surprise if he moves to another club. So I still think that they'll uh, they'll have something sorted out for that. But it's not going to be enough for them on Saturday when when they will lose. Tom, I think it was the previous predictions pod and we had a chat about Cunha about sometimes it all depends on how he performs like in many ways similar sort of pattern to Darwin Nunes where you can get absolute chaos you can get brilliant finishes or you can get absolute high wide and handsome jobs but against Chelsea it all seems to come off for him and um, it might be something that he can then kick on with now or hopefully from the Wolves fans perspective. You would hope so and he seems like he's actually really enjoying his time there which is nice to see sometimes you see sort of brazilians or you know south american personalities if you will come to england and go what the hell am i doing here especially coming from somewhere like atletico madrid i mean he's also i've just literally got his wikipedia up now time at hertha berlin and 
RB Leipzig. Big money as well, wasn't it? Paying for the potential. When he yeah, I think it was a loan that was then made permanent. I Well, I don't see the fee, but I mean, he was signed by Atletico for 30 million euros. So they clearly had some kind of value in him. I think he's really enjoying himself. And you can tell in his football as well, which is great to see. I think he will score on Saturday as well. I think Wolves will beat Brentford 2-1. And the goal for Brentford obviously comes for Ivan Tony. Brentford are just off the boil at the moment. They'll probably be okay. But I think it's going to be a lot closer to the drop than people think. I do think the tricky one, this one. Because Brentford, for as stale as they've been, they do then just come up with a random win ever so often or get a good point here or there. But Who's Neil Mopé going to upset? Well, yeah, quite. If there's going to be another VAR decision that goes against Wolves this season, it probably would be a game against Brentford, wouldn't it? I think I'm going to go a narrow 2-1 to Wolverhampton. Rick, there's a lovely treat for you at half past five. Nottingham Ooh. Forest against Newcastle United. You're going to be tuning in for that one. Well, Tyndall's not going to be available for blind date, is he? That's normally on around that sort of time. So it's, it's, Tyndall it's at tea time. Sa- Saturday tea time. Tyndall. <laughs> Saturday tea time Tyndall. That's quite difficult to say, actually. What more could you possibly want? Oh, I believe that it's going to be... No, sadly I don't. I think that, first of all, before say anything about this particular fixture, what Tom, Tom what's the injury situation at Newcastle? Have they, have they got injuries this season? I think, Rick, they have an injury crisis. No. I've heard rumours. I've heard rumblings. not. Oh, in that case, that I might have to revise my opinion. 2-1 Newcastle. Don't like it. Move on. And I get called out for asking similar questions. <laughs> you normally chucked a pun in there somewhere. At least mine's just a question. <laughs> oh, Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Um, Forest are quite similar to Brentford in many ways, aren't they? They're just sort of existing. Well, those are the two teams really. that might get dragged into, I think, yeah. potentially, if Everton don't, if Everton get their points back, then they're out of it anyway. But they, those are the two teams that might potentially... If Luton are going to survive, one of those two has to go. Nil two, I think. Nil two. It would just be a, you know, might be a bit of a stodgy first half, then two goals in the second half. Or oh, Chris Wood hat How it will play off. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot that. That was the reverse. These oh. are all the Boxing Day games reversed, aren't they? Yep. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it would be a, a, a two-nil win the away team. Any more thoughts on that one before we move over to Sunday? Uh, me? Yeah. I've not predicted you, have I? Yeah, I thought that was probably the case. I was trying to say <laughs> in a polite way without you realising what I was doing. <laughs> Do you see uh, Newcastle coming out winners here? Not winners, no. I see well, I kind of have to do this by de facto because I've not predicted a single draw yet. For that reason, I am going for a Desmond. Forrest, like yeah, they're getting there, kind of, not really. And Newcastle is still stop-start, so Desmond for me, 2-2. Just the two games on Sunday then, one at two o'clock, one at half past four. We'll start with West Ham against Arsenal. Rick, I didn't get an opportunity to ask you whether you, you and your brother are still talking after last weekend. Do you just want to quickly update us on that one first? Not as yet. Nothing. Not a peep. I'm... I'm... Being magnanimous, and I'm let allowing... me guess, you sent him about eleven messages. No, I haven't. I haven't. In a row, no, with no response. No, I've left him alone. He can stew <laughs> in his own juice, and he can he can make the first move. My door is always open, but it will. If you walk through that door, you will see someone who looks nothing like Jurgen Klopp, laughing heartily at the performance of the pearly suit wearers. They got a chance here against the arse? Yes. Would you like me to expand on that? Please do, pray tell. What, Tom? What? It's generally how a podcast works. It's just, yes, well, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Reinventing, deconstructing the podcast. This is a 10 minute podcast. Oh, it, everything that you expect will happen. West Ham will be gritty and play on the break, although they're at home. David Moyes will get slagged off by his own supporters. Arteta will be a tit. And it'll be a one-all draw. So I think Arsenal will stroll on here. and I think Arsenal they'll... won the league. Don't forget, Arsenal won the league last week. They're probably all on holiday somewhere. Uh, has the open-top bus parade finished yet, as yet? Are they going to be back in time? 
unfortunately, it's in London. They don't have to go very far to be back. And I then, mean, to be those, fair, Tom those... and I are not going to disagree after what happened against well, our they're... team last week, so we agree with you on that one. Do you think that Arsenal might have... You know the Premier League badges on their sleeves? Do you think Arsenal might turn up with gold ones on, like the, <laughs> like the, the league winners get? Don't forget, we're invincibles. They are the Invincibles. They did it once with umpteen draws, but so it's not the achievement that you think it is. But yeah, there will be a one-all draw, and my brother will begin to speak to me again, if only to slag off Arteta's wig. <laughs> Mike, Mikel Arteta, bringing families together. What do you think, Tom? Do you think Arsenal will win by about 3-1 or something? West Ham are a bit, just not quite firing, particularly at home at the moment. I think the opposite. I think West Ham are going to win 3-2. You know what it really feels like? Did they it lose feel- here last season? Yeah, well. 3-1. No, they drew 2-2. It was a Desmond. Oh. That was late on in the season. That was after their run had started with the, they had the Southampton draw. They had another draw. And then they had this draw where Saka missed a penalty. And then with it, like just within those three games, their lead to City had just been completely wiped. They had, before that run, though, won a huge game. And everyone was like, oh, my God, they might actually do it. And that's exactly what's happened again. They beat Liverpool. They've blown their hats off. And uh, everyone's like, well, you know. Did they beat Liverpool? Could could we talk about that some more? I thought you were going to say, did they? Did they blow their hats off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's very windy Um, on an open top bus tour. So presumably hats would be blown off. It's that. And West Ham are out of form. Arsenal have just got themselves back into form. West Ham won at the Emirates as well. So it just really feels like it's got a West Ham win written on it. I've gone 3-2 because Kudus is back as well and he he's getting goals. I just have a feeling about it. Do you think if Kudos scores, he's going to be sitting on the advertising hoardings ever again? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like that you're predicting a very hot, entertaining start to Sunday. So is that going to continue into the 4.30 game? Rick, do you kind of fear that you're going to the, the worst possible time after the back of a couple of defeats, or does it, do you not really worry about things like that? No. It's a shame that Unai's not on the pod this week to talk us through it. Dave, do you have any idea if he was on the pod, what would he say? <laughs> well, we were saying in the chat earlier, weren't we, about how, ironically, since Unai was on this pod and said that, Friend of uh, the show. That very, very good game. Very good. Very, very good. Have um, since not won a game, yeah. <laughs> so um, turns out that the advice is maybe not quite as good advice as we maybe thought, Rick. And maybe he's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you suspect that it might not be the real Unai Emery? Uh, yeah, yeah, quite possibly. And he's not been back since to even no. back up those um, particular theories. So um, is it going to be very, very good game? Very good. It'll be a villa this time around. It will be a very, very good game for that very small team that's been English champions more than any other team. That, <laughs> you know, that very small team. I believe that they'll do quite well. And win by? Well, Hoyland's due a hat-trick, you know. Is that how it works? He's, he's, due, he's doing quite well at the moment. Yeah. He's therefore due a hat-trick. He's due a hat-trick. If, if Cunha can do it, why not him? <laughs> no, this is going to be classic United, isn't it? I'm going to actually start to believe that they're going to get a positive result and the wheels are going to fall off in Desmond. massive styley. So I, th- I think... Desmond. Oh, do you know, it's got the... Desmond. <sighs> United are going to be it's leading. Be Manchester United are going to be leading going into the last 30 seconds. What happens after that, I wouldn't like to say. United are going to win it 2-1. Tom Bailey? So I'm whispering my ear like that. You get me going. I... I'm going to go for a Desi Desmond, but that is not just a 2-2. That's 3-3. Three, three. We're adding to Fulham the Bournemouth here. vibes. We had one Desi earlier, Desmond. earlier on. Earlier on today. What, what game was that, Dave? You predicted we, we didn't have a name at that stage of the pod. No, Fulham Bournemouth. Fulham Bournemouth. Three, three. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be... What, what's that's that? a Desi Desmond. It is. Okay. Because it's a Des and a Desmond. Otherwise, you can just go Des Desmond. Whatever. I think it's 3-3. Three, three. I think it's just... United are scoring tons of goals at the moment. They scored three against West Ham, four against Wolves, four against Newport. They got two against Spurs. They've worked out how to score goals, which was a pleasant change for Pass them. Pass the ball to Hoyland. That's, that's what happens. It's pretty much it. Yeah, and Garnacho's yeah. finally scoring boots as well. 
as much as I don't like them, I will give them their praise where it's due. And they beat Villa in the previous fixture the, against the re- them Do you know why well. you don't like them, Tom? Because they're so small, they're not worthy of your attention. They're such a tiny, no, exactly. provincial exactly. little club. That and they've ruined my childhood, which I'm somewhat not over. No, I think it's going to be a... Stop dancing. I think it's going to be a uh, a 3-3. I think Villa have found their scoring boots again. What a Sunday um, afternoon. I know, I know. <laughs> It's going to be a big one. Yeah, 3-3. Three, three. I don't really have too much more to add other than I think Watkins will get on the score sheet. And I think Hoyland will get on the score sheet. There's another Monday night offering. And it's Have you given Alice. us a prediction for the, for the Villa game, Dave Pryor? Oh, did I not? Oh, yes, yes, Desmond. All right. Did you not, did you not hear me? Sorry, I, I wasn't paying attention. Such a small... That was the voice of Dave Pryor, if you, if you were wondering, listener, what that was. the thought. If you thought you could hear the workings of Rick Hyatt out loud <laughs> in your device. It was you. Yes, Monday, it's Stinky Crystal Palace against a very unpredictable Chelsea. 14-0 Chelsea. I don't know how this is going to go, but more importantly, Roy Hodgson is still in a job at the time of recording. You you determined to get him the sack, you horrible man. Leave him alone. Are Chelsea going to snatch something from the, the home of the Eagles here? Go on, Tom Bailey. Oh, throw me in the deep end like yeah, that. Yeah, I can see you thinking, so it's only fair that I disrupt that by asking you to say some numbers. We've gone oh. big, so I'm just going to quickly interject here with a nil-nil draw. <laughs> just to round off the weekend. Yeah. Well, Palace will 100% be without Elise. Um, Roy Hodgson confirmed he suffered a serious What was that about strength. last week? Madness. That was absolute madness, wasn't it? That they were already 3-0 down at that yeah. point, and then they decided to give him a run out, and then he lasted how long? It was... Not good, but I did agree with the panel on match of the day that maybe the players got to take a bit of responsibility there and say, look, I'm not, I don't know, I guess you can't be seen to kind of disrespect the manager and say you don't want to come on, but there's got to be some sort of dialogue, surely, before you've got to that point. Right, it just seemed a mess. Didn't look good at all. Did it make you cross, Dave Pryor? It did. I'm like, with management like that, get him out, I was saying. Oh, <laughs> are you justifying your decision to sack Roy Hodgson? <laughs> National treasure, Roy Hodgson. Game's moved on, Roy. Oh. Pack it up, son. I don't know what to think. Uh, uh, I think you're giving, one... this a, you're giving this a disproportionate amount of thought, Tom. Now I can't decide how boring it's going to be. Uh, exactly. Nil-nil. One-nil Chelsea. Cole Palmer? Not much more to add? <laughs> no. Yeah, Cole Palmer. Um, probably penalty. Cole Palmer? Yeah, <laughs> Cole Palmer. That's Palmer penalty. About it. You're not enthused. No. I'm going to come to Rick because I'm not sure Tom's got anything left to say. <laughs> He's really like wringing the cloth of Tom's predictions dry. Why do they do this and they always stick games like this on last in the running order? It's just, there's no good Monday night games. It's going to be first on the running order for Monday night. Match of the day three. That's not even a thing, is it? They're not going to create it for this either. I think it will be one all because Chelsea have had a good result. Everybody will be expecting them to do well. Crystal Palace will just spoil it for them. And it will be tedious, as we predicted, and it will be 1-0. Well, well done, gents. They're locked in now. Nothing we can do about it. It's all been recorded. It's fate, Job it, done for another weekend. But before we do sign off, we don't always get an opportunity to talk about some breaking news. And it's going to link us all the way to the top of the pod, because... Yeovil Town have confirmed in the last few minutes that uh, Jamie Sendall's wife has departed the Glovers after a mutual agreement to terminate his contract. So just some initial immediate reaction, because Tom, you were just talking earlier on that um, Yeovil, if anything, need to look at a right back. He was a potential option in that right back position. And uh, now we're a man lighter again. Yeah, it feels like a weird one. You would hope that there is a replacement coming in or at least lined up to come in. Even in the statement itself, they've they've at least, well, I say been honest, but um, it does state that due to limited playing opportunities, it's been agreed that his contract will be terminated by mutual agreement. Just so, at the point where he gets a playing it, opportunity. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I suppose on the flip side, if you are, if you, if you see yourself as a right back and then you've seen other people come across and play in that position and you've been out for a while, I guess... From your perspective, you're thinking, if I'm not getting a chance now, I'm never going to play for this team. I mean, yeah, he wasn't even on the bench for... I'm just, spe- I'm just speculating. 
yeah it's but, a it's a tricky one i always thought it was a center back so maybe i've just got that completely wrong but no i think it's a shame we didn't get to see too much of him and we will always have that goal against western superman okay. so i think yeah not had too much of a, an, an impact upon the club but um best wishes to him nonetheless and i'm sure he'll go on to find some employment elsewhere that sounds like a bloody lovely way to finish tonight's pod so Tom Bailey, thank you very much for joining us as always and uh, have a wonderful weekend up at Tunbridge. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure being here and it will be lovely to bring you all coverage once again. Rick, not Jürgen, thank you very much for joining us again this week. Good day. And it's a very good night from myself, Dave Pryor, because you have been listening to... Football, by the hell. (laughs) 